0: Welcome back to the Titletown Podcast. This is episode two, and as we kind of get into late August here, getting into September, October, there's a lot going on in the baseball world, in the football world, even in the soccer world. So it's an exciting time in sports, and this is going to be a fun one. Before I get into some of the newer material, I just want to step back and take a look at some of the predictions I made in my previous episode that was filmed a couple weeks ago. Um, first off, I did not expect this complete meltdown from the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, as of the filming of my previous episode, they were nine games over 500. That has fallen to three games over 500 uh, after multiple just depressing, demoralizing series losses. I expected the pitching to be better. I expected the rookies, Christian Encarnacion, Strand, Ellie De La Cruz, um, to make jumps that they just simply have not. In the past couple weeks and it just has not gone very well for the reds and i think i have a couple reasons why first of all the bullpen for the reds has clearly regressed over the past couple weeks Um, i should have seen it coming a lot of people probably did see it coming um, but it just has not been good enough and the reds are blowing leads late in games that they just simply did not during their 12 game win streak in june I remember during a lot of those games, the Reds almost blew their leads and were able to maintain it, and now the wheels are just falling off in late innings, and that's really what's cost the Reds a lot of games in the previous couple of weeks. Alexis Diaz really has not been able to um, get back to his form that he was in earlier in the season. Uh, it could be a lack of rest, um, it could be that he's just thrown too many innings this year, but. He's definitely not that dominant closer that you want in a team. His his record, his, his saves record's pretty good. His ERA's solid. When you watch him pitch and then you watch someone such as Devin Williams on the Brewers pitch, it's clear that Diaz doesn't have the same dominance over hitters in late innings that you want out of your closer that, that a star closer has, such as Devin Williams, such as uh, guys like Prime, Craig, Kimbrel, other guys like that, so. That's definitely a concern for the Reds, especially if they do make the playoffs. Is Diaz really that guy that you can count count on every game to shut it down in the ninth inning? It hasn't just been him, though. He hasn't been the only one that struggled. Uh, Lucas Sims, as I said in the last episode, is just is just not a good pitcher. Um, he's really hard to watch walking way too many guys. His, his strikeout-to-walk ratio is atrocious. Um... He keeps getting in high leverage situations and blowing games. Alex Young has not been as good um, as he was when the season started. And I mean, this Reds bullpen was never a super talented roster. And when you saw their early season ERA, it was clear that that was an overperformance and they were due for regression at some point. I knew that as well, but I just did not predict it to be this bad for the Reds. They are now sitting at, I believe, four games back of the Brewers in the NL Central. Uh, I think the Cubs have a half-game lead on us as well. And the wildcard spot is certainly still in play. I think only a game back, um, maybe a game and a half. But it is possible that this Reds team simply isn't as good as I and many of their fans thought they were. And that's okay. I mean, this was supposed to be a rebuild year. They certainly overperformed, especially in June. Um, yeah, they just they just have the talent. They have the potential, but it just doesn't appear as if they have the experience to be a playoff team this year. So, I mean, they can still make a push for the playoffs. I can see them sneaking into the wildcard spot, but I wouldn't bet on it considering their recent performance. Um, it seems like they peaked at the wrong time, and it's just not looking good for the Reds late in the season here it kind of has the same feeling as uh 2021 which is odd because this is a, a very different team from that 2021 team that team was older slower probably less athletic but with more experience um but they kind of collapsed uh as they got into august and september similar to um what the reds are doing at this moment uh despite the fact that they're they're more youthful they're faster they're more athletic more exciting um the same thing is happening the schedule does get a little lighter for the reds um they had a tough pass c series um considering who they were playing but um if they don't get jonathan india back if they don't get jake fraley back uh, if they don't get nicola dolo back until very late it's going to be a very tough mountain to climb to to make a push into the playoffs. Hunter Green coming back. I think he's supposed to come back next week. That'll help him. Andrew Abbott's innings limit is concerning. He hasn't pitched enough innings in previous years for them to uh keep him going throughout this entire year. I believe they're gonna shut him down soon. Um he's been the red star honestly throughout this summer. I just think all signs point to gonna finish at about five hundred, similar to twenty twenty one going to miss out on a playoff spot a lot of exciting things going into the next year but a lot of me wants to just pack it up and move on to football season and I think I think that might be the right decision now speaking of the NFL week one of the preseason uh has come and gone every team has now taken the field in one form or the other uh and played another opponent so that's that's very exciting development and one of the things that it did was it gave fans an opportunity to see rookie quarterbacks in action for the first time um and there were some pretty intriguing performances starting with panthers quarterback bryce young who appeared to be facing heavy pressure and did not seem like he had that sense of urgency that you want to see from a quarterback uh now he didn't seem frantic or rush which is a good thing you don't want a quarterback to be completely sped up but to me he almost looked a little bit too calm like he's not quite used to the level of pressure that he's facing and he's not adjusting his approach in any way um and although he i i don't doubt that he can stand in the pocket and make some good tough throws i'm concerned about the amount of hits that he's going to take if he does not have that sense of urgency especially considering how bad his offensive line is. He got beat up pretty bad last weekend. Um, But I'm interested to see how he adjusts his approach in week two of the preseason. And as the Panthers week one starter, I'm interested to see what he does as the season goes on. Moving on to Texans rookie quarterback, CJ Stroud. Um, Coming out of Ohio State, I definitely think Stroud had the worst quarterback performance of the preseason Um, when you're looking at quarterbacks that are likely to start week one although I don't believe Stroud has been named the week one starter it is assumed that he will be the week one starter but he definitely did not look the part last Thursday night um I think he completed two passes two for four 13 yards and a pick the pick did not look good at all he looked frantic rushed um and it's it was definitely pretty concerning uh when you're playing as a quarterback at Ohio State you have a good offensive line unless you're playing a big sec team in a bowl game or maybe michigan you're not going to really get any pressure put on you um and obviously stroud having played with receivers like jackson smith and jigba uh i think he had a year with chris Olave and garrett wilson um marvin harrison jr obviously was with them last year ameka Agbuka, um just really good receiving talent all around getting incredible amounts of separation against um, the college secondaries. And Stroud's receivers in the NFL just aren't going to have that. And he's also not going to have the same amount of time. So I think we see this time and time again with um, Ohio State quarterbacks struggling as they get into the league because of how easy it is offensively for them in college. Uh, They're just simply not ready for the NFL. And that definitely looked uh, like it was the case for CJ Stroud last thursday night now he could correct it he only played about two series i think um but it definitely was not the performance you're looking for as a texans fan out of your rookie quarterback finally colts quarterback anthony richardson also made his preseason debut last weekend um i think he completed a decent amount of passes 70 yards something like that with a pick um but I think the stat line doesn't do justice to what he did. Uh, I think some of his reads were pretty good. His accuracy was better than I expected. Um, it's definitely, it's no it's no surprise what he can do with his legs. He's definitely going to be a dynamic playmaker for the Colts this season. And they need a dynamic playmaker this season. Um, he did throw a pick. Uh, it was partially the fault of the receiver, partially the fault of the O-line, partially on Richardson. Um, but there are going to be growing pains. I mean, Peyton Manning threw 20 some interceptions in his rookie year. So that kind of stuff is going to happen. But definitely a lot of positive signs from Richardson. I think he had a, a good throw for a touchdown pass that was dropped. A um, couple drops by his receivers, including Alec Pierce. But I think he looked pretty good. Um, he was just named the week one starter this week to be rewarded for that performance. Um, and I think although the Colts are going to struggle this year, there is a good chance that Richardson can be a franchise quarterback for them, and I think he's certainly going to have some dynamic and exciting plays for the Colts offense this season. Moving on to my NFL record predictions, because um, I think it's that time of year, the Chiefs and the Lions uh, kick off the NFL season about three, we- three weeks from today. um. So I think it's a good time to make some NFL record predictions. Uh, I may tweak them in the weeks to come before the season begins. But I think um, with a lot of the free agents that have been signed, um, we've gotten early looks at teams in camp. Obviously we saw the teams last year. Um, I think I have enough information now to be able to make my predictions uh, going forward for this 2023 season. So I think starting off in the uh, AFC East, there's obviously been a lot of intrigue in this division in the offseason. Um, Aaron Rodgers joining the New York Jets is a big move and is going to have uh, big implications for the division. Uh, but I still think that the Buffalo Bills are going to take this division with a 12-5 record, similar to how they've been in in the past couple of years. The offseason drama with Stefan Diggs concern me a little bit. He and Josh Allen weren't getting along very well, but I just think uh, Sean McDermott has proven to be a reliable head coach. Um, I'm not worried about them in terms of being uh, a contender to win the AFC East and a contender to make a deep run in the playoffs. That does not mean that I consider them to be uh, a juggernaut in the AFC. It uh, does not mean I consider them to be the Super Bowl favorite like many people do or did last year. i um, but I'm not writing off the Buffalo Bills and I'm certainly not predicting them to finish worse than the New York Jets or any other team in their division. In second place in the AFC East, I have the Miami Dolphins, which may be a bit of a surprise here but I'm not exactly sure why. Um, There's obviously the injury concerns with Tua, with his concussions, Um, will he even be able to play football again, Uh, but there's injury concerns with every quarterback. And Tua Tagovailoa is a good quarterback. Um, and as long as he can stay healthy, this Miami offense is absolutely dynamic. They added Jalen Ramsey on defense as well. Um, he did suffer preseason injury, but he's gonna be back at some point. And with Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell on the outside, I mean this team could go very far. I have them finishing ten and seven, uh second place in the division, uh, with a wild card spot, but the sky's the limit for this Miami team if Tua can stay healthy and i expect him to stay healthy enough for them to finish second in the division in third place i have the new york jets finishing at 8 and 9 i could also see them being 9 and 8 um it's a tough schedule though for the jets uh in a tough division uh they've i think they had about 8 wins last year um Zach Wilson was their quarterback last year though Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback this year so a lot of people predicting uh an insane amount of improvement for the Jets I I honestly don't really see it from Aaron Rodgers uh, obviously at the back-to-back MVP seasons 2020-2021 he also had Devontae Adams on his team uh, a lot of people forget how good Devontae Adams is Aaron Rodgers had a stellar O-line a great rushing attack uh, some of that went away last year, and it exposed some of his flaws. I don't think Aaron's willing to make the risky throws that he's going to have to make to help his team win. Uh, that's hurt him in the playoffs in previous years, where he cares so much about not throwing interceptions. He made have a great touchdown-to-interception ratio, but I don't think he's the right guy when it matters most. Um, as I mentioned before, the Packers O-line was incredible. This Jets O-line is not good. Makai um, Becton hasn't played in like two years. Um, he's a great player. Uh, he's a great prospect, but you can't rely on him to stay healthy. Uh, head coach Robert Salas certainly has uh, a lot of issues with the O-line that he's expressed in camp, uh, and I just don't think that this Jets team, despite their amazing defense, is as good as people think they will be. I think everyone's looking for a New York football team to be really good. It's a great story. It's really intriguing, but I just don't see it. I see them finishing about 500 and missing out on the playoffs barely. Finally, I have the New England Patriots finishing at 8-9, last in the division. Um, Not a lot to say here. Bill Belichick's obviously a great coach. They just don't have the talent or explosiveness, especially on offense. Um, Mac Jones is good, not great, and I just don't see them being any better than they were last year going over to the afc north which i believe to be the best division in football this year um i've heard a lot of rumors that the cleveland browns are going to take this division uh, that deshaun Watson's going to vastly improve i think that's absolutely ridiculous um i heard that last year and we hear this over and over again with a cleveland browns organization that let's face it has been absolute poverty throughout their entire existence um they're a dirty organization uh and they're a losing organization and that's going to show again this year um browns are not taking this division it is going to be the cincinnati Bengals for the third year in a row um at 13 and four now obviously am i biased is this just because i'm a Bengals fan i don't think so i think joe burrow is going to come back from his injury uh they won 12 games last year they were 12 and four uh could have been 13 and four obviously the uh Mar Hamlin game got canceled 12 wins last year I think they're gonna get 13 this year I think they're a little bit better um the O-line with Orlando Brown Jr. at left tackle is gonna be much improved he's gonna be a big improvement over I think they had Jonah Williams playing over there last year gonna protect Burrow's blind side Burrow's gonna have even more time he still has his plethora of receivers and Higgins, Chase, and Boyd um Obviously, Mixon is not as explosive as he used to be, but I like Chase Brown to get a lot of explosive touches this year. Um, definitely a little bit of concern at safety. Uh, free agent signing Nick Scott should help. Dax Hill has looked decent in preseason. He had a great pass breakup against Jordan Love last weekend. Um, so I expect them to be a little better there than expected. Uh, but I am a little concerned about the defensive backs, but not enough to let it kind of alter my prediction for the Bengals. I have them taking the afc north with 13 wins now in a bit of a surprise move in second place i do have the pittsburgh steelers finishing at 10 and 7. now a lot of people of the steelers finishing last in the afc north this year i don't think that has happened since the 1990s and i expect that trend to continue i expect the steelers uh i think it's 17 year streak of winning records or, or 500 or better records. To continue under head coach Mike Tomlin, and um, I just don't believe that the Steelers are gonna be as bad as people think. Now, if T.J. Watt can stay healthy, this team can be extremely dangerous. Looking at their record, uh, the past two years, I believe they are 17 and seven when T.J. Watt is in the game. Now, obviously, Tor's left pectoral muscle against the Bengals week one last year was out a lot. They started two and six, two and seven, something like that. Surged towards the end of the season made a playoff push couldn't quite make it But the impact that TJ Watt has on this team is tremendous and if he can stay healthy I think his presence paired with Kenny Pickett's second year breakout that I believe will happen uh, After his improvement over his rookie year I think that's going to help this team have at least 10 wins Uh, And I think coach Mike Tomlin is going to have them as a wildcard team in the playoffs In third place I have the Baltimore Ravens with the 9 wins. Um I think they could sneak into the playoffs with this record, but I'm I'm certainly concerned about uh their position as a contender this year. Um I think Lamar Jackson hopefully he can stay healthy, but I'm definitely concerned about that. The past 2 years he's essentially missed the second half of the season each year. Uh obviously you can't do that as a starting quarterback. You can't miss the second half of the season in the playoffs. Uh and I think another Ravens fall off could occur if Lamar isn't able to isn't able to stay healthy they did add a couple receivers um Zay Flowers and Odell Beckham Jr I'm a lot more as a Bengals fan I'm a lot more concerned about Flowers than Odell Odell's getting or old he's coming off the knee injury I don't think he's going to be very explosive um I'm not too worried about him Zay Flowers I think he was the first round pick uh coming to help the Ravens receiving core could make an impact, but as a rookie, I'm just not sure how good he could be. Rookie receivers usually struggle a little bit. Uh Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase are exceptions. Uh, but I just don't see this Ravens offense being good enough to overcome their defense, which I'm especially concerned about. Uh, they lost Justin Houston. They lost Yannick and Ngakwe. Um they lost Marcus Peters to the Raiders. Now it's coming out Marlon Humphrey needs foot surgery. Uh they're certainly weak in the secondary. I don't think they're very strong in the pass rush. Um, I think they have Patrick Queen back there at safety. He's, he's probably their best defensive player now. And I think they're not very good on the defensive side of the ball. And unless Lamar returns to his 2019 MVP form, I could definitely see this Ravens team being 9-8 and eight or even worse um, and missing the playoffs. But I do have them finishing third ahead of the Cleveland Browns, who, as I said before, are not going to improve. Uh, I don't care that they have Deshaun Watson. It never works out for the Browns. Uh, they're going to finish fourth in this division. They're going to have seven to eight wins, um, and I have nothing more to say about them. In the AFC South, uh, I believe that Jacksonville is going to take this division yet again with an 11-6 and record. Um, I think Calvin Ridley is going to cause nightmares for defensive backs this year. He was obviously suspended uh the last season for gambling but i think the way he's looked in training camp he's looked incredibly explosive uh i think that him and t law are gonna have a great connection this year and i think that evan ingram's gonna have a good year and that combined with the weak division uh i think the jags are pretty much a lock to win the afc south this year i have the colts and titans finishing in the middle of the division at seven and ten um both of them. I think the Colts, obviously Anthony Richardson is going to have some growing pains in his first year, uh, but I think they're going to have a little bit better of a record than they did last year. I think last year they were a little bit better than their record uh, stated, so I think seven wins is probably a good uh, a good prediction for them. And for the Titans, I think they were also around seven and ten last year. Obviously Mike Vrabel always has his team very tough and physical, but I just don't think they have the quarterback play to contend with the Jags in the South. Ryan Tannehill uh, is not that guy. Uh, he's proven that he's not that guy. Um, and I don't think Malik Willis or Will Levis, despite their potential, are ready to to lead a team the way that Trevor Lawrence is. Uh, Derrick Henry's going to get his touches. He's going to get his yards. He's going to get his touchdowns. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins might have an okay season, a little bit of a resurgence here for the Titans. But I just don't see them uh, being a playoff contender this year. Finally, I have the Houston Texans finishing last with five wins. Uh, I definitely think Stroud is going to struggle, as most Ohio State quarterbacks do. Not to say that he won't have a good career later on, but I think this year is definitely going to be rough for him. Um, I like Damian Pierce in the backfield. I think they'll be able to run the ball uh, to a certain extent. I also really like the hire of head coach D'Amico Ryans. uh, Coming from the defensive side of the ball in San Francisco, he obviously had that defense. Uh, that defense was scary last year, and it's been scary the past couple years. Uh, I think he's going to have them playing more physical and inspired than they used to be. But head coaching is tough, and especially when you have that first year quarterback in Stroud, it's not going to be a a double digit win season for the Texans. I think most people know that, but I think five wins is about right for them. Wrapping up the AFC with the West, uh, I have the Chiefs finishing at twelve and five in first place. No surprise there. Um, big surprise with the chargers though i had them finishing nine and eight and just missing out on the playoffs um i know that justin herbert is a very good quarterback i know that they have some veterans on defense although jc jackson was a disaster last year um but i don't see them winning uh, a lot of close games i don't think they've done that uh during herbert's tenure as their quarterback and i don't expect them to do that this year i think nine and eight is one win worse than they were last year. I don't really see them improving this year. I see them getting a little bit worse in record, maybe a little less lucky, and I have them missing out on the playoffs. They were certainly overhyped going into last season. I believe they're also a little bit overhyped going into this season. Not very high expectations for the Chargers. Um, I have Denver at eight and nine. Uh, I think that's obviously an improvement from last year. I think Russell Wilson is going to be better, um, but not that much better. Obviously, a lot of people want him to have some storybook return to uh, an MVP level of play, uh, and some others want him to crash down even worse than he did last year. I think neither of those things are going to happen. I think he's going to improve, but not enough to lead the Broncos to a winning record, because this is a team that has a terrible offensive line, um, an iffy run game. They have a couple threats in Judy and Sutton, uh, but I just don't expect... A winning record from the Broncos this year, I expect them to be eight and nine. And finally, despite having Devontae Adams, I have the Raiders at four and 13. Obviously, a very bad season for them, finishing last in the West. Uh, I don't think Jimmy G is going to thrive in that system. He obviously did okay in San Francisco, but Kyle Shanahan makes it so easy on quarterbacks there. Um, I just don't think the same thing's going to happen in Vegas. Um, I like Alex O'Connell out of Purdue, their backup quarterback. Look for him to maybe make an impact later in the year, but I just don't see this team winning more than four or five games. Moving on to the NFC side of things, I have the Eagles finishing with 13 wins, almost as strong of a season as they had last year. Um, I think Hurts is going to have another big year, um, and I think that they're going to finish ahead of the Cowboys, who will have 11 wins despite the addition of Brandon Cooks um, and Tony Pollard's now uh, new role as the uh, bell cow back for the Cowboys. Um, I think they're going to be pretty good, but not as good as Philadelphia, similar to last year, especially with Dak Prescott under center throwing the amount of picks that he's going to throw. Unfortunately, I do have the New York Giants finishing a pretty disappointing 9-8 and eight. Um, that's no slight to Daniel Jones, who I'm really high on, or Saquon Barkley, who I'm even higher on, um, or Isaiah Hodgins, for that matter, but I just think looking at the Giants' schedule, um, it is tough. They have a lot of, uh, middle, early to middle week matchups that are, uh, essentially unwinnable. Uh, it's not their fault that their schedule's that hard, but they just don't have the talent to contend, uh, with some of the top tier, uh, contenders, and despite their success last year i have them missing out on the playoffs just slightly this year due to their difficult schedule Uh, and i have the commanders finishing last with four wins um sam Howell's going to be their starting quarterback i don't think much more needs to be said about them in the nfc north for the first time in a very long time i have the detroit lions finishing in first place with the 10-7 and seven record um obviously first place is a lofty goal for the lions considering how bad this franchise has been recently uh but i don't think 10 wins is a ridiculous prediction for them they won nine games last year and just missed out on the playoffs due to tiebreakers so i had them winning the division here improving slightly i'm very high on jared goff I thought he was underappreciated when he played for the Rams, and I think he's it's underappreciated what he's doing in Detroit. In um, second place, I have the Minnesota Vikings at 9-8. and eight. I like Kirk Cousins. I think he's a borderline top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Obviously, Justin Jefferson is a stud. Um, their defense is pretty bad, and they won a lot of lucky one-possession games last year. And at some point, it's just going to have to uh desert resort to the mean uh and it's just not going to be the same magical season for the Vikings this year that it was last year. Uh, I have them with 9 wins. I have Green Bay with 6 wins. I don't think Jordan Love is going to be great. I don't think he's going to be terrible. Um I just don't see Green Bay contending this year. They obviously won 8 games with Aaron Rodgers last year. I expect Love the Love Rodgers gap to be a little bit smaller than some people believe it to be, but I just still don't think this Green Bay team is built to contend this year. And finally, I have the Bears finishing last at 5-12. and 12. Just a quick thought on the Bears this year. Um, Justin Fields is not nearly as good as people are, are giving him credit for. Um, he obviously went three for three for 129 yards and two touchdowns in the preseason, which is a very impressive stat line when you look at it. Um, unfortunately for Bears fans, he averaged negative air yards on his three passes, all screens taken to the house by DJ Moore and Khalil Herbert. Um, obviously that's exciting for the Bears that they can be that explosive and that they have playmakers this year, but I do not trust Justin Fields to consistently get the ball to those playmakers. Um, he obviously has some fascinating runs sometimes, but I think Justin Fields build, he is more built to be a quarterback on a bad team that makes occasional great plays that get him sympathy from fans than he is to be a quarterback that can throw accurately to good receivers uh, and can actually help a team contend for a Super Bowl, make the playoffs, win a division, whatever. So I think last year's situation really helped him in the eyes of fans, coaches, players, whatever, because he was in a bad situation last year and was able to make the most of it. But I think that is actually probably the best he's going to do in the NFL. Uh, he is not a quarterback that is built to spread the ball to receivers on the outside and let him make plays. And I do not think the Bears are going to be a good team this year. Heading over to the NFC South, aka the most boring division in the NFL this year. Um, I have Atlanta winning it at 9-8. and eight. It's essentially a toss-up, though. I don't think Desmond Ritter is great. But I think uh, Atlanta has some playmakers. Obviously, Bijan Robinson is going to make a big impact. But yeah, I don't have a lot to say about them. I'd consider this to be more of a guess. I think all these teams are below average. Um, but I have Atlanta taking it. I have the Saints at 8-9 and nine finishing second. I think Derek Carr is going to be okay. Um, I think Chris Olave is going to be very good. I do not have high expectations for Michael Thomas. Obviously Alvin Kamara is going to miss a couple games with the suspension. Um, and I just don't think that the Saints are a good team at all. They're probably a little bit below average. The division will help them, help propel them to eight wins, but I don't think there's much potential for the Saints here. In third place, I believe the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will finish at about 6-11. and 11. Um, I think this is definitely the most intriguing team in this division, though. I'm pretty high on Baker Mayfield. I like what he did in Cleveland. I think they made a mistake letting him go. Um, He's been in some unfortunate situations the past couple years. This Tampa one may not work out for him, but I think I do see a world where Baker Mayfield gets that starting job and can propel the Buccaneers to win this uh, pretty awful division. But at the same time, his front office could be tanking for Caleb Williams. So I'm not sure everyone in the organization will be rooting for Baker to have the breakout season that I expect him to be able to have. Um, he's a very good quarterback. He plays with a lot of energy. He's a winner at heart. Um, but I'm not sure about the Buccaneers this season. But if there were a surprise team that won 10-11 games in the NFC South, i uh, I expect it to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And finally, I've already expressed my concerns about Bryce Young. I have the Panthers finishing with about five or six wins this year. Um, I think the O-line's not very good. I think the playmakers on the outside are not very strong. And I'm not super excited about uh, Bryce Young's output in his rookie year. I think he was very good at Alabama. I think he can be solid in the NFL but I don't think anything special is going to happen this year. And finally, shifting over to our last division, the NFC West, um, I think Seattle's going to take it. Surprisingly, I don't have San Francisco at the top of this division. I like Geno Smith at quarterback, and I think their trio of receivers of DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, is the only one that can even touch Cincinnati's trio of receivers this year. Um, I like Kenneth Walker. I like Zach Charbonnet, both in the backfield. Um, And I like the Seattle defense a little bit more than most people do. I have them winning 11 games. Um, That's only two more than last year, but I think that'll be enough to take the NFC West this year. Now, probably even more surprisingly, I have the Los Angeles Rams at 11 and six this year. Uh, As long as Stafford and Cup can stay healthy, I do not think this is out of the question at all for the Rams. Um, I think they're going to finish second, losing in a tiebreaker to Seattle, but I think 11 wins is very achievable for them. Uh, They obviously have a solid defense still. They have Aaron Donald leading their defense, who is obviously incredibly dangerous. Um, Defensive player of the year, contender every year. And I think that the Rams obviously had a lot of unfortunate injuries last year. Uh, causing everyone to kind of write them off this preseason. But I think with Sean McVay, with that Stafford Cup connection, 11-6 uh, and six is definitely a, a good goal for the Rams, and I think it can be reached. I have the San Francisco 49ers in third place at 10-7, and seven, sneaking into a wild-card spot. I don't think that they're going to win 13 games as they did last year, but I do think that they're a physical strong team. I think Nick Bosa uh, is going to cause problems for opposing offensive linemen. Uh, Tal Hufanga is a great safety, all-pro safety. Um, but I don't think that they're going to have that magical 9-10 game win streak like they did last year. Uh, quarterback is a concern for me. I like Brock Purdy, but I don't love him. Uh, I don't think he can be the quarterback of a Super Bowl contending team consistently year after year. I'm really down on Trey Lance. He looked terrible in the preseason. He is not going to be the starter for this team. Uh, he has not grown in the past couple of years the way they've needed him to grow. He's obviously had injury issues. So it's not looking good for Trey Lance's career in the future or this upcoming season. Um, I think they also have Sam Darnold, who is an intriguing player in the organization. Because I think he can throw the football very well. Uh, but I think he has struggled. He's been in some bad situations but I don't think he's going to get the starting spot this year. I think it's going to Brock Purdy, who again can lead the Niners to about 10 wins, but I don't think he's going to do much more. And finally, I have the Cardinals at 6-11. and 11. I don't think this team is as bad as people think they are. Um, I just think that Case Keenum at quarterback's is not going to win them a lot of games early in the season. I think once Murray comes back, they'll win a couple more, maybe spoil someone's season towards the end. Uh, They have Marquise Brown down there. I think he's a great player, um, but I just don't think that they're a playoff contender. They're not going to be the worst team in the NFL, but they're also not a playoff contender. That concludes my NFL record prediction uh, portion of this show. I will possibly make revisions as we uh, get a week, maybe two weeks closer to the season, if I feel the need to. but that's kind of the, the vibes I'm getting, that's kind of uh, what I expect, uh, or in the ballpark of what I expect for each team to do this season. Now, before I wrap up here, I want to get more back in line with the Cincinnati sports theme of this show and discuss FC Cincinnati for a little bit, uh, and more specifically, their upcoming match with Lionel Messi, August 23rd, in the U.S. Open Cup. um. I think that what Messi has been doing for Inter-Miami has been just outstanding. I think he has nine goals in six appearances. They've made it in the League's Cup Final. Um, Obviously very impressive. And Messi has really proved that his level of play is, is a lot higher than the level of play of most players that we have in the MLS. However, I think looking at the talent gap between FC Cincinnati and um and Inter-Miami, disregarding Messi's presence. I think FCC has the huge advantage there. They obviously have a great attack with Brandon Vasquez and Luciano Acosta. Um, Inter-Miami was the last place team through the first half of this MLS season. So despite Messi's brilliance, I think it's going to be a great matchup. I think FCC certainly has a chance to put up a lot of goals on Inter-Miami. And I think FCC's backs can limit Messi to a certain extent. However, obviously I'm still a little bit worried that Inter-Miami could make a run in the MLS late in the season, get into that eight seed and play FC Cincinnati, or seven seed in the playoffs and play FC Cincinnati in the first, second round of the playoffs and possibly bounce them early. Um, that's definitely a possibility. I don't think it's gonna happen. I hope it doesn't happen. Um, but obviously Messi has shown how dangerous he is and FCC needs to watch out and make sure they know how to handle him in case that situation arises. I hope that doesn't happen. I hope FCC uh, could stick around for a while. It would be great to have three Cincinnati contenders in the Bengals, FCC, and the Reds as we head into the sports golden days of October this year. But um, it's just something to look out for. Uh, Messi's presence has obviously been felt in the MLS, but uh, FCC needs to know how to handle him. That is it for episode two of the Titletown Sports Podcast. Um, obviously heavy NFL coverage today. The season is coming up. Uh, it's very exciting. A lot to look forward to in the next couple weeks in sports. Um, let's hope that by the time the next episode comes around, there's a lot more positive things to talk about with the Reds. Um, going forward. As always, uh, feel free to go follow me on Instagram. Uh. In order to stay up to date with uh, my recent episodes and anything else i may be posting and if you have any suggestions for stuff that i should talk about on future episodes of the podcast uh feel free to shoot me a dm thanks for listening and i will be back soon